part of the third secret of Fatima would be that a future pope will be under the control of Satan. And then he, we were interrupted. He was not able to proceed and give me more information. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the John Henry Weston Show. This is part two of the fascinating interview with Xavier Arel, uh, who wrote the book Revelations, looking at all of the approved uh, apparitions of Our Lady, some that are in the midst of approval. So mostly all the approved ones, either approved by the Vatican or by the bishop. Now, one of the questions that I really had from him, he's laid out in the first show with him. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. It, this is really a continuation. But he gave us, he's giving us like a timeline of the end times, if you will. Because I had this very basic question. I think a lot of people have it. It surely seems like we're in the end times now, but... Does the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, now you remember what that is, that's Our Lady of Fatima promised that in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. Our Lord verified that in his uh, apparition to Sister Lucy, etc., Sister Lucia. So what does that mean and when does that come? Because there's also a question in scriptures about Antichrist and that coming. And does the triumph of the Immaculate Heart come before the Antichrist? And then we're going to have a period of peace. And then Antichrist? Or does it come after the Antichrist and sort of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart is the sort of triumph over Antichrist, which is accomplished then uh, through our Lord, obviously, but through Our Lady as well? That's the question. And Xavier Arell has this fascinating take. I know people have another take, but check out his take. And as he continues to lay out the timeline of the end times, this is the John Henry Reston Show. Stay tuned. Hey friends, before we continue, you need to know of a crazy new development. Some of the largest stores in the world are now sending opt-out messages ahead of Mother's Day, allowing consumers the opportunity to ignore Mother's Day and to avoid honoring their own mothers during the month of May. I'm not even kidding. The month of May is especially sacred as we set May apart to honor not only all mothers, but also the mother of God, Mary Most Holy. And our own mothers too, obviously. Therefore, in ignoring Mother's Day in May, it's a scandal. And my pledge to you from all of us here at LifeSite is that we will never stop honoring the unique role of motherhood as woke elites reduce all mothers to birthing persons. If you agree that motherhood is sacred, empower us at LifeSite to proclaim the value of motherhood this month with renewed force and faithfulness. Big tech and mainstream media believe themselves powerful enough to ignore the very base that supports them. But unlike them, we at LifeSite honor you. We pray for you. We celebrate motherhood in our mission to build a pro-life generation for our children and grandchildren. During the month of May, donate to LifeSite News in the honored memory of your mother, living or deceased, knowing that LifeSite will pray for you and your mother. And if you'd like, we will send you a card telling your mom of your donation in her honor. So please be sure to leave your name and your mother's name in the donation form in the link below. Thank you for choosing LifeSite, and may we honor all of our mothers during the month of May, especially our Heavenly Mother. I have a question for you, uh, Xavier. You, you mentioned this illumination of conscience. It comes then only after that three years of war in Italy or before that? It will be coming just before 
the start of military hostilities in Europe, just before the Third World War. I beg your pardon. Thank you for clarifying this, John Henry. But this is what will happen. Then the war, then as the illumination of consciousness takes effect, the people will have a period of about approximately six weeks. Six weeks where heaven will decree that Satan will have absolutely no power to interfere with his works upon humanity. It does not mean that uh, there will be no evil on earth. Man will still be free to choose between good and evil. It means that all the influences, all the works of the devil will be prohibited for a period of approximately six weeks. This is before the beginning of the Third World War. Or we don't even know if it's going to be a Third World War or regional wars. We are not certain because this information has not been bestowed. But just before the beginning of military hostilities in Europe, and I'm talking on a continental uh, scale, during those six weeks, everyone on Earth, according to prophecy, will be made will be made to know that indeed there is such a thing as a God and that his church is the one that Christ founded on Peter. That means the Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning from Peter all the way through every Pope till Francis. At that moment, the lines of confession will be endless. People will confess, people will return to God, and there will be complete massive um, conversions. However, at the end of the six weeks, this is when the devil will be released with pure rage and anger. And he will begin with a tactic involving and reunifying the scientific community with the political communities throughout the world, the most believable governments, stating, well, all this was due to this experience of what the Catholics call the revelation is due to the largest and biggest solar storm ever recorded in human history, which even it has even affected our satellites and has affected brainwave patterns in humans to believe and to go through this ordeal. This, remarkably enough, will be ever so well presented that a great part of humanity will indeed believe that this was the case, and they will indeed be convinced ever so easily. Those whose faith will remain firm will continue, but I'm afraid will be the minority. So then begins the Third World War, which according to uh, also some prophecies will involve directly, not just Russia, but Iran. We know Iran being a Muslim country makes perfect sense, but also North Korea was mentioned as well. No? North Korea is today an extremely dangerous nation, which absolutely has no preoccupations whatsoever in uh, doing what some consider a provocation with countless and endless ballistic tests uh, over the national Japanese national territorial waters and so on and so forth. The, the, the leader of North Korea is a madman. Uh, we could understand that indeed such a leader would try to defend his country, but to continue to throw nuke, um, weapons, ballistic weapons, way across, even a few miles away from Hawaii, is sheer irresponsible. There is something that is not right in here. And he feels very much ensured that he can do so because he has the support of China. No. That being said, according to prophecy, after these events, the illumination of consciousness takes place, it will be truly a last chance for humanity to convert of the heart, not to save this, but to save this, here the heart, and here the soul. Finally, as the liberation of France takes place, France will be ravaged. There was another prophecy by a famous, uh, what the Americans called the French Padre Pio, Father Pell, who saw, like Marie-Julie Janine, 
after a line, I think, between Lille and Bordeaux. Uh, all of the west, the eastern part of France ravaged. There will be all the major cities of France totally leveled. Bordeaux, as I mentioned before, Lyon, Marseille, Nice, Strasbourg, Paris, and so on and so forth. Brittany, according to the Blessed Virgin Mary, through Marie-Julie Jeanne, will be, quote-unquote, the safest place in the universe, quote-unquote. It seems incredible, because Brittany, the region of Brittany in France, will be ever so few miles away from the front, the stable front, military front, that supposedly will take place between the remnants of the French army and NATO, and the Eastern European and the Muslims, between Cherbourg and Pau. But the Virgin Mary did deliver this message to Marie-Julie Jeanne. Brittany will be, according to the Blessed Mother, like a tree that will attract birds from the four corners of the world to seek refuge. This analogy that the Blessed Virgin Mary brought forth, and this is one thing I wanted to talk to you in private as well, uh, John Henry, will be a place where families will come and out of sheer faith will seek refuge there particularly also for the three days of darkness. There will be the version, it was St. Michael, I believe, who told Marie-Julie Janine, there will be souls that are unworthy, who will seek refuge as well there, and who will have indeed candles of 100% beeswax, exactly as the Blessed Virgin Mary instructed Marie-Julie Janine to echo throughout the world for the three days of darkness. Candles that will not be consumed for during those three days of darkness. There will be people who will be unworthy, who will gather all this, and just out of, to save their skin, will follow the instruction to the letter. But you cannot fool God. Those souls will not be protected, and they will succumb to the chastisement of what is to come. But Brittany will be the place for all the faithful who believe and love, love God, love their fellow man, love the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Catholic Church to seek refuge. At that moment forth, the three days of darkness will take effect. It will be, at, by the way, the three days of darkness has been foretold as a point of reference, not just through Marie-Julie Genie, but it's also in La Salette, formally approved by the Bishop of Grenoble and the Dicasterium of the Doctrine of the Faith, and by no one less than Saint Padre Pio, through two particular letters. And we did a show uh, with you, John Henry, not so long ago about the three days of darkness, and other also mystics mentioned them as well. But there will be, indeed, um, through Padre Pio and other mystics, there will be three days of darkness, which will be the last chastisement upon the earth. It will be a total and complete purification of the world, where all the enemies of religion will be annihilated by the angel, the destroyer, the angels of God. No? From that moment forth, and I know it seems very harsh, I call upon your viewers to remember the following in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Um, when Moses announced to Pharaoh that every firstborn will die on this particular night of event, you know, and for the Jews to save themselves, they were supposed to put the mark of the lamb, this, made with the blood of the lamb, upon the entrance of their doors. This took place already in the past. It was taken effect. Another point of reference, when Jonas, before Jonas came to Nineveh, he was supposedly swallowed by the whale, three days. Christ was resurrected on the third day. And remember, there is one thing that uh, His Excellency uh, Bishop Schneider, and I believe also Cardinal Burke, I believe, said that the Catholic Church today is going through the same passion as our Lord Jesus Christ. If indeed that's the truth, 
that's the case. Right now, we should be doing via crucis. But this, this is a very serious statement. It means that very much like our Lord, the Catholic Church will go through the way of the cross with sufferings, will reach Golgotha or Golgotha of souls, will be crucified. Yeah, that's in the catechism, actually. Exactly. And it will be buried. Buried. But as our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, on the third day, very much like the three days of darkness, on the third day, we will resurrect. It's exactly what we are called to do. If I might interrupt you once more, um, because this then comes, uh, you mentioned after the wars, but this is also part of the time of Antichrist. Where does the Antichrist fit into this, to where we are so far? The Antichrist, according to prophecies, is already today alive. And the Antichrist will be coming, as of right now, to try to resolve situations that are found to be unsolvable, beginning with the economical crisis that is only now beginning to be foreseen. That is, we are seeing only the very, very, very top of the um, iceberg. No? This Antichrist, according, and there will be anti-Christian societies, but this Antichrist will um, organize, uh, indeed, um, and will be the principal catalyst of this uh, world or regional conflicts, particularly in Europe. He will be uh, the one who will be working. It was the Holy Spirit who told her, and she had the Holy Spirit repeat twice the name, Archael de la Torre. I know it sounds Italian or Spanish, but according to this particular revelation, this man will be coming with his brother from Pakistan, will be crossing Iran, Syria, Iraq, Syria, and will reach Italy and will take ever so briefly for about one year the head of Italy and will pursue Christians, in particular with particular savagery, Roman Catholics. And in Naples, we'll make a butchery and a complete massacre of Roman Catholics, religious, priests, of course, and faithful. The Antichrist will be at the head of this entire um, upheaval, anti-Christian hunt, very much like the Nazis did against the Jews. This Antichrist uh, at uh, the, the end of times also will lead or will be behind, will lead the Catholic, what we know today as the Catholic Church. This does not, and I know it sounds extremely grave, and it is. This comes directly from the prophecies of La Salette. Well, La Salette to Giraud and to Calva, the Blessed Virgin Mary told them that the day will come when the seat of Peter will be controlled by Satan. No. Um, the third secret of Fatima, the second half, which was not um, revealed as of yet. According to Father Martin Malachi, and this is again another piece of the puzzles that show exactly the same story, the large picture. When Art Bell and the entire exchange between Art Bell and Father Martin Malachi is in its full integrality reproduced in my book, in its full integrality. Art Bell was, telling, was reading a passage that one of his auditors uh, sent him via email, uh, via fax. And the message was this, Father uh, Art, uh, I met a Jesuit priest, Jesuit, uh, c'est le comble, but it was a Jesuit priest in Perth, in Australia, who told me that uh, indeed part of the third secret of Fatima, and he did know this from a cardinal that he was associated with in Rome, but part of the third secret of Fatima would be that a future pope will be under the control of Satan. And then he, we were interrupted. He was not able to proceed and give me more information. 
So Art Bell continued addressing Father Martin Malachi, who, by the way, was one of the ever so few person and priest at the time. He was an advisor of uh, John the Twenty-Third, among other popes. He was permitted to read in its entirety the third secret of Fatima. So Art Bell asked him, well, Father, what do you think of this particular message? Because Art Bell refused to reveal it. He made an oath. He said, however, to Art Bell, look, Art, if you were to show me the true third secret of Fatima, I could not lie. I would have to tell you this is it. So Art Bell was bombarding and machine gunning him with different versions of the third secret of Fatima. When he mentioned that particular part, John Henry, Father Martin Malachi made a silence. I know because I heard the original. I, the way I reproduced it was by listening, pause, writing, pause, writing. He made a pause and he said, well, Art, another long pause. I have to say that in view of this message, the person who echoed this particular passage either read the third secret of Fatima or heard somebody who read it. And the answer of Art Bell was, oh my. And the interview stopped there. So we know from a direct witness that this will be part of the third secret of Fatima in Akita, which Cardinal Ratzinger, future Pope Benedict XVI, read. And that particular message of Akita on the anniversary of the miracle of the sun on October 13th, 1973, Cardinal Ratzinger stated to his Excellency Bishop Ito, Excellency, the reason why I will give my seal of approval and confirmation of your uh, finding the case of Akita worthy of belief will be because of this message, which in effect is a reproduction with different words of the third secret of Fatima. And in that particular message, the version says that the devil, the Satan, the Antichrist will be walking amongst the cardinals of Rome. So regarding your question, we, according to prophecies, according to approved apparition sites around the world by the local bishop and the congregation of the doctrine of the faith, the Antichrist today is alive and well and walking amidst the cardinals of Rome. They give a timeline, a very exact timeline of Antichrist supremacy and also the two end time prophets where we started with in this program. Hanukkah and Elijah, it says, uh, sort of fight the Antichrist for 1,260 days after which they're killed by Antichrist, and then after lying in the streets for three days, are resurrected. So that's a very specific timeline. Where does that mini timeline fit into where you are with the general timeline? The truth is, I don't think that any theologian would be able to answer that today. However, and that's a brilliant uh, observation, if you look in the message of La Salette, universally recognized today, there is a passage where um, Enoch and Elijah are mentioned. I took the liberty of underlining it. May I read it to you? It won't Please. be too long. It says, and this is from the Virgin Mary to the two little shepherds. But behold, Enoch and Elijah, filled with the Spirit of God, they will preach with the strength of God and men of good will, of good will believe in God, and many souls will be consoled. They will make great progress by the virtue of the Holy Spirit and will condemn the diabolical errors of the Antichrist. These answers as well, by the way, John Henry, your question on the Antichrist. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. There will be bloody wars and famines, pestilence and contagious diseases. 
There will be rains made of horrifying hailstorms. There will be thunder, which will shake cities, earthquakes, which will engulf countries. One will hear voices in the air. Men will hit their heads against walls. They will call for death, and on the other side, death will perform their torture. Blood will spill on all sides. Who, who could win if God does not diminish the time of this difficult moment? Through the blood, the tears, and the prayers of the just, God will let himself be moved. And thus is somewhat the intensity of his anger. Again, a brief parenthesis. Through the prayers of the just, God will let himself be moved. And thus is somewhat the intensity of, the, of his anger. Here clearly is a confirmation of what Father Michel Rodrigue explained in your earlier show. Prophecy is always subject to the response of man, touching the heart of God. I'll continue on the message of La Salette. Enoch and Elijah will indeed be put to death. Pagan Rome will disappear. The fire from heaven will fall and will consume three cities. The entire universe will be hit with terror and many will let themselves be seduced because they haven't adored the true Christ living amongst them. It is time. The sun is darkening. Only the faith will survive. Here is the time. The abyss opens up. Here comes the king of kings of darkness. Here comes the beast with his subject, calling himself the savior of the world. He will rise with pride in the airs to go to heaven. He will be mortally smothered by the breath of St. Michael the Archangel. He will fall, and the earth, which for three days will be in continuous evolutions, will open itself filled with fire. He will be engulfed forever within the eternal depths of hell. Then water and fire will purify the earth and will consume all the works of pride of man. And everything will be renewed. God will be served and glorified. This was the message of La Salette of September 19, 1846. By the way, this formula, and everything will be renewed and God will be served and glorified, is exactly the same formula that, uh, with which the third secret of Fatima ends as well. You will see that in this passage, we covered Enoch and Elijah. We covered the Antichrist. We covered the prophecies of the destruction of cities, therefore a major world conflict. We covered the three days of darkness and the rebirth of the world and of the, and of the church. In other words, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Just a quick note before we return. If you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. It's fascinating because that means that I think a lot of people were always wondering about that, but according to all the prophecies that you've read, and these are ones that are approved by the church, it does seem like the timeline means that first you have the warning, then you have the Antichrist, his times, which are war and persecution of, of Christians massively. Also during that time, 
you have the two end time prophets or witnesses as the revelations calls them. And then at the end of that, after he kills them, very short span of a few days, it looks like, and then he himself is vanquished. And that then seems to be the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. And that's fascinating because I think a lot of people were wondering exactly about that. When and where do we fall in? Because a lot of people have seen that, you know, the times we're living in are very much, you know, the, the time of times, also very much connected to Fatima. I'm particularly curious about the Holy Father then making the consecration of Russia. What is that? When is that? Because at least one of the biggest proponents of the consecration of Russia, Father Nicholas Gruner, who has passed away, he was always talking about the need for the Holy Father to consecrate Russia and how that would happen at a time when people could recognize that it was Our Lady. All these things sort of fit together in a way that we can't really understand. But the timeline is is fascinating in that, and again, everything's approximate. It's also all based on, on us repenting and therefore being able to ameliorate some of these things. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, some things are sure because the scriptures uh, reveal them from our Lord. That timeline with regard to the two end time prophets, the time of Antichrist, is, is I think, pretty set from what it seems like. If there is anything that I learned at all from Father Laurentin, is that um, prophecies um, at, um, are always very delicate. Because again, nothing is said on stone for one simple reason. It can all be changed if humanity converts in time. So we've seen this many times happen in the past. Uh, where And there is a message actually uh, of our Lord to Marie-Julie Jenny, where our Lord in one instance um, states, many of you wonder why the prophecies that I foretold through my messages did not take place within the time frame that was foretold. Uh, and our Lord states, and I could find the message if you like, our Lord states that uh, if, uh, who, are, who are you that I must uh, be forced to give an explanation? Am I not, after all, the creator, the one who decides uh, how I am to uh, bestow and execute uh, my justice? If man were to answer properly to, uh, in prayers, to the call that I do through my Immaculate uh, Mother, uh, why would I not give more an example of my of my mercy? So again, timelines are ever so difficult to predict, simply because uh, time is ongoing and everything, and I mean everything, if humanity change in time can be averted. One is forced to wonder, if to, tomorrow, again, talking hypothetically speaking, let's say hypothetically speaking that after the illumination of conscience, everybody converts as we had foretold. If the entire world decides and the church is reborn and all the mediocrities, all the errors, all the heresies, I dare say, are wiped out once and for all. And we try with all our hearts to uh, amend to make again a new world, a Christian world, a peaceful world, does one really think that God would uh, exercise these chastisements that we are being told? That's where also faith has to enter into the, into the frame of things. I, for one, my faith dictates that if indeed the world converts in time, and how shall we convert? 
I'll explain that very briefly afterwards. But if man returns to God in time with a true, sincere heart, all of this will pass us by. It's also all up to us. There is no particular timetable as far as those prophecies are concerned. It all depends on how humanity responds. No? And how we how are we to convert? Again, that is, all, I would say, unquestionably one of the principal, the cornerstone of the messages brought forth in Fatima and also in Garabandal, which has not yet been approved, but now condemned. And there's been many apparitions, alleged apparitions that which have been condemned without scruples by the church. This one has not, because it intrigues to this dead Catholic church. And approved apparitions as like Lassalet and others. The cornerstone of the message of the Virgin Mary is very clear, very simple. Always with an imploring and ever so loving voice from the heart of a mother. Conversion through uh, reading the Gospels, the Holy Scriptures. Not just reading them, but trying to leave them, respond with a fiat. Conversion through the sacraments of the church, particularly confession. If at all possible, once a month. If at all possible, preferably on the first Saturdays of every month. And Holy Communion, valid Holy Communion from the Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church. Unlike what we hear from Rome, properly prepared, which means in a state of grace. Not just because you have a good heart. Oh, yes, I, I am a good man. I'm going to try to do my best. Of course, these errors, I've, I cheated on my wife yesterday. But you know what? I'm a, I ask forgiveness to God. I ask forgiveness to God. And therefore, I can go and receive communion accordingly so no the best way to receive communion is always after confession always my son uh, my son and my daughter and we i'll finish simply with this note we go every first saturday of the month uh, to confession we pray the rosary and we meditate on the 15 mysteries of the of the rosary and we owe you a great deal of thanks henry and i think i texted you about that henry uh, john henry has prepared a splendid video which goes through all the 15 mysteries of the rosary. My children have a difficulty to understand, read, and pay attention. They are hypnotized. We put on the big screen uh, John Henry going through the 15 mysteries in honor of the request of the Blessed Virgin Mary for the first five Saturdays of the month consecutive, which includes Holy Communion, which includes Confession, Holy Communion, I beg your pardon, the Holy Rosary and the meditation, at least a minimum of 15 minutes, the 15 mysteries of the Rosary. My children scream at me. They say, no, Daddy, we want to hear Mr. Weston's uh, show. We want to listen to his 15 mysteries. And they are like this. Hypnotized <laughs> before the TV, <laughs> watching uh, John Henry talk with um, uh, such an accent of emotion, which I, one guesses he's fighting, but which gives it uh, ever so much credibility. I invite you all to find this particular um, um, show, uh, this particular video he made. It's superb. It's exquisite. And it intrigues children. My children love it. And every first Saturday of the month, after confession and, and following the instruction of the Virgin May, they watch it <laughs> till the end. And I asked my son to, and my daughter, who are still very, very young, my boy is a little boy, to explain. And they explain very well using your words, John Henry. Bravo. So I, I invite all your viewers to watch it and to follow through. But conversion is, uh, through this particular means, it, is, um, it must not be discussed over a cup of cognac or coffee in a living room. It is a way of life. It is a frame of mind. 
It is, it has the same value, possibly even more than in 1917 when the Virgin Mary appeared to us humanity in the worst crisis of a world war, the very first one to change before a second one would appear, would take place. These events are being repeated again and again on the four corners of the world through different cultures, through different people, most of whom, and God, heaven is very clever, they use messengers that have a minimum education so that no one can accuse them to have invented the whole thing. Children, shepherds in Fatima, children, shepherds in La Salette, a very uh, deaf uh, nun in Akita who didn't even know the prayer of, uh, of Fatima. All these events are taking place again in Kibejo, approved. Young Africans who didn't know they are paternoster, they were taught by the apparition of our Lord. This is a call, and this is why I have, um, I think that uh, John Henry is one of the modern knights of our time, particularly in the Catholic uh, circles today, in the internet. We are called, and now you cannot say I didn't know, but we are called through John Henry's show, through that of, uh, in a way, Taylor Marshall as well, who's brilliant, with this gentleman, Michael Matt, and the remnant, with uh, Christine Bacon and others. We are called, actually, to respond either yes or no to this call of the Virgin Mary of heaven through the Blessed Virgin Mary. But there is no in-between. There is only yes or no. And the message of heaven through these extraordinary messengers is a message of love, of charity of the heart, avoiding criticizing others or condemning. It does not correspond to me or to you or to anyone to say this uh, visionary or this one is a false, is a false prophet. Who are we to say such a thing? If we believe such a thing, then it is our duty to pray for them. One of the things that I admire I did with John Henry here, when the Pope came to Canada a few months ago, and the position of John Henry on the Pope is clear. He disagrees like I do on a great many things, but he remains faithful, obedient and respectful, and he doesn't condemn. And that's one of the, it's an act of nobility to kneel in the streets of Quebec, you know, in front of the Notre Dame of Quebec and, and to pray for the conversion of the Pope, a man that we, he and I, and I totally disagree with the Pope in regards to uh, Pachamama, the Anglicans, the Protestants who attacked me and discussing about what happened in Rome, called, fa the, called Francis Pachapapa. What do you respond to such a thing? They are making fun of the Pope for committing idolatry. What does one respond to that? I believe they were right. I will not admit it in, to non-Catholics. I will not, because it would be a form of betrayal. But the truth is, in the depth of my heart, I do not know how, how else to call it either. If forming yourself a complicity, allowing pagans to come on holy grounds and adore because they were praying a false goddess, it's called idolatry. And I invite all of those who disagree to check on Pachamama. She is a, an Amazonian goddess of the earth. Period. This is not subject to interpretation. But we must remain faithful to the Pope to a certain extent if he does not commit heresy. We must be faithful, first and foremost, to the teachings of Christ, through the deposit of the faith, through the sacraments of the Catholic Church, through the teachings of catechism, through every single sacrament of the Catholic Church. Anyone, holy Pope or angels that says otherwise, is guilty of heresy. Period. And this is according to canonic law. Again, this is not subject to interpretation. So that would be the call of conversion that heaven is echoing and that I invite you all to consider 
with love, with peace, without extremism, and with charity of the heart. For those that one think that, if you think that somebody is wrong, have charity for him or her. Pray for them. Thank you for taking us through, because I think that timeline is one which is very confusing for people. Um, and also because we have from the Holy Scriptures some very definite times, we at least get to see where we're headed and how long, you know, to, we have to wait for, if you will. Um, and we'll see, we'll see these things unfold with, uh, you know, there's some clear signs of uh, beginning, um, you know, which will enable us to see where we're at. The warning being the one that I think will, you know, make it clear to people, uh, especially those who don't believe the afterward lie of saying, oh, it was just some solar flare that made everybody go crazy for a while. But uh, we shall see. But it's very, very interesting that the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, at least according to your reading of the mystics who have received messages, is that the triumph of the Immaculate Heart actually comes after Antichrist. And uh, at a time when, you know, Satan's vanquished, at least in that way. And uh, that will be a time that perhaps even some of our children will live into. Yes, I believe so. I believe so. God bless you, Xavier. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.